You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode two, three, four of PHP Ugly, your weekly dose of PHP stew, PHP soup, PHP just embracing goodness and happiness. We are your disgruntled developers. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me is John Congdon. Who's disgruntled? I'm in a great mood. And Tom, right up. That's it. I quit. Thank God. Thank God. Finally, we've been trying to we've been I trying see. to wrap this show up for years now. No, not and that. My job. Here we are. Keep going. No, I quit oh my job. shit. Oh, oh damn it. Are you going to share your screen or what? We would like to know what's going on. What What are you hiding, Thomas? Why are you not sharing your screen? What are you trying to try to hide from us? Let's go, gentlemen. So, we are on you, episode two, three, four. Just just to, just a reminder. Two, three, four. It's only going to happen one time, and tonight is that night. Look, I'm not wearing a hat. I'm wearing a geeky button-down shirt. This is a formal event. Everybody should just... Why well, aren't you guys dressed up a little bit? Why are you wearing a button-up shirt? <laughs> that's that's the better question. Personal choices, John. Personal choices. You're lucky Tom, I'm wearing a shirt. I, you, most days, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not going to ask about the pants. Just don't stand up. You're fine right there. Exactly. Tom, yes, you have short timer's disease yet? Uh, I tried. I really did. But mm-hmm. they keep like messaging me and saying, like, hey, we need you to like do this and do this and get this out. And they're, they're, We're they, still, <clears throat> quote unquote, paying you. Right. Yeah. Whatever that means. So, so, so when is your final day? Tomorrow. Oh. If and, you're new to the show... Just, just in case you just happen to stumble upon the show right now, we're all professional PHP developers. Yes, believe it or not, pay us to do this. It's insane and love and light. Uh, we're not very good at it. So uh, John and I started our own business because nobody would hire us directly. So uh, <laughs> there's that. And uh, Thomas has been bouncing around from porn job to porn job, and now he's got a real adult job. Yeah, big, uh, big boy job in the lending industry. I feel like uh, I know. I feel like we should have we should have uh, leveraged your whole porn experience more for the shock value of the show. But we 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 uh, took the high road on that one, I guess. Yeah. Well, there were so, some complaints earlier on. Are you, are you allowed to officially state the name of it or not yet? Not yet. I need to get a response from the email that I sent out. Uh, okay. Then we won't talk about it. So I didn't want to know about it anyway. I just know tomorrow's your last day, and we don't care what you're doing on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's it's going to start off hard. Uh, I've got three meetings planned I mean, planned you're, you're coming Monday. from the porn industry. That's how your days always started, right? No, <laughs> no. See, when I, we could have been using those the jokes days, this whole days time. <laughs> start the morning hard. Mm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a little late I'm to the show. Into Eric's. <laughs> All right. So you got three meetings already planned for Monday? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, three meetings for Monday. And then well, your first day, I would expect it to be more slack. Uh, it's quite a lot of work to do and not much time to do it in. So, but uh, yesterday I got my second dose of, of my Pfizer vaccine. Nice. So you, that, how are you feeling? 
kicked my ass hard. Really? I had no problem. I had no problem Ooh. at all. Everybody I talked to had, had issues. First uh, first shot know, was I, fine. Sore arm, nothing big. But I was out of business this morning and last night. And I mean, it was, the, it was you know, body, body aches, temperature, the whole nine yards. And I'm feeling so better should, now. So we should think something somewhere that you're here. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, it's very lucky that I'm here right now. I've, I've I, heard that from from lots of people. I, I've seen the the full gamut from Eric, who said nothing. I had super mild, like just felt off the next day, but not sick. To uh, other family members that were just thrown up and just horrible. Well, it's 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 evidence that requiring the booster is a good call mm-hmm. because if you didn't have any effects whatsoever, that would mean that first shot was all the effectiveness you needed. But yeah. The booster is obviously uh, important if it knocks you out that bad. So, but it's done. I think, uh, I'm glad. I think my wife is actually getting close to needing the booster. To be honest with you, um, because she she was like one of the first round to get it, and well, now they, they're they haven't determined that, have they? Uh, from what what they're saying, it's it's looking like uh, six six months is when they're suggesting a booster. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least at least that's the information. My wife is getting, and I, I've actually heard similar stories on the news as well. So, yeah, Fauci's yeah. been talking about it, it being a possibility, but they're not sure yet because they don't have enough people who've had the vaccine for right. six months. That, that's so. the thing; it's like they're not really even sure when a booster is going to be needed. They're at, at six months is when they're going to start, I guess, retesting people and looking at things, but they just haven't had enough time to do a long enough test to have a conclusive timeline of when boosters should be happening. Yeah. And the more people that get the shot, the less likely that we'll need a booster because Mm -hmm. that, that herd immunity, if we hit that herd immunity number, then you'll have enough people who are resilient that you don't need the second booster for everyone else. So. All right. Well, this is not a Pfizer or any other vaccine podcast. We should move on. And we have a, we have a show filled of questions here. We've got questions from listeners. I have questions for listeners. I have questions for you guys and I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm I'm ready to start peppering you guys with questions. I don't even care what you did this week. Although I, I, I had fun. John, John, uh, John really, uh, opened up a door for me last week when he suggested, I just used my System76 machine as the remote machine I SSH to, and wow, did it did it just like change everything for me? I'm so I'm you told like me that. What excited. what did you end up doing? All you told as me was the SSH. What? All you told me was the SSH piece. How far did you go? Like, are you doing running PHP Storm remotely and pushing it to no, your machine, or what do you do? No, no, don't don't fuck PHP Storm. I'm not going to say that. If anything. It, it, it's all the more reason for me to use Vim, but I'm not. I, I'm not about that battle anymore. I, I have come to <laughs> the, the very fine. I'm I, I'm I'm at peace with the fact that I'm going to use both. So I, I I've been doing uh, a client that I'm working on um, has me doing a bunch of Nova work, Laravel Nova, and I've done Nova work for them in the past. Which uh, one we've is implemented that? Nova. Laravel Nova is the admin backend. Oh yeah, yeah. And I wasn't a huge fan of it at first. I'm like, okay, this this is going to take away some of the grunt work, but I can't really see it being used uh, full time by like clients or customers. I just I just originally envisioned it as like a like a crud real fast for 
you know, I, I spin up a database. I, I need to get some data in that database. I need to make sure that the table relationships are working. Let me throw Nova on there instead of building up a building up a a, a front end. But my my opinion of that is completely changing. Um, I've been doing a lot of Nova work for this this client, and they just had me start on another project where I'm doing more Nova work. And the more Nova work I do, I'm like, wow, this is like there is so much uh, flexibility in this backend that allow, allows you to get these administrative inter- interfaces to market very quickly. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. But I'm I'm stuck in the cycle of using some very Laravel-specific stuff. And again, this is where, where in my opinion, uh, PHP Storm really starts to shine because it has plugins specifically for Laravel. Uh, it understands things like view components, live wire components, things that you know, I'm sure I can hack something together in Vim, but yeah, I'm trying to get stuff done. I'm not worried about that right now. So I'm I'm perfectly fine. I've I've got my idea Vim RC file dialed in, so my my key combinations from Vim to PHP Storm are pretty on par with each other. So I got no problem with it. I will say yeah, today I, though, good. I was gonna say I didn't mean to make it a PHP Storm versus Vim thing. I was just wondering. You said you got the SSH into your system 76 working i was just wondering how far you went with it what what were you trying to do with it other than sshn and use mem to code what else what other doors did that open for you yeah you doing like x term through ssh or or what yeah i'm gonna get to all, all that in a minute here I, I'm, I'm i promise you i'm gonna get there <laughs> i will say though one more thing about php storm in doing in doing this work today, specifically with the SSH piece, is have you guys ever seen how many how much resources freaking PHP Storm takes? Mine was yeah. like using 17 gig of of memory. 17 gigs. I'm like, I am I am so fortunate that I have a high-end machine because I, I totally understand the complaining people have about PHP Storm, you know, who don't have high-end machines. Now it, it's gotta be at a freaking crawl. Okay, enough about that. I am not anti-PHP Storm. I use it every day. This is not a Vim PHP Storm thing. So back to John's question. So John had come to, I, I was, I, if you listen to the show, I've been playing around a lot with using uh, my iPad more and more. When I, when I leave, uh, I, I would go to Arizona for a weekend or, or go somewhere for a weekend and not want to lug my whole laptop with me because my desktop is a System76, uh, what, what are they called, John? Theo's? Delios? Delios, yeah, I think that's right. Delios, yeah, it's the desktop. It's not a laptop, so I'm not dragging this thing with me anywhere. Um, and I, I played around with a couple of solutions. The, the one I was using was a Raspberry Pi. So I have it so that I can connect my Raspberry Pi to my iPad and just work off my Raspberry Pi. Now, there is still a small window use case for that. So this is the Raspberry Pi would still be a good solution in situations where I know I'm going to be offline, right? I could still load up stuff onto the Pi and do all the work I need to do, but there's no need for that. So I I was looking at having to spend about a week away from the house. And I mentioned on last week's show, I'm like, well, I need to get my laptop updated because I'm going to have to take with me because I'm going to have to code and there's no two ways about it. And it's like, well, you've got a system 76 Linux machine as your everyday driver. Why don't you just SSH into that? Cause you know, all your Docker is there. All your repos are there. Everything you're working on is there. I'm like, yeah, I don't have a good answer to why I wouldn't do that. And so I did that. Um, 
I I originally was going to go the whole route of configuring my cable modem to do a port forward. And then somebody said, hey, you know, Cloudflare lets you set up tunnels. I'm like, oh, interesting. So I was looking at Cloudflare and this tunnel thing they have, and I couldn't quite figure out how to set it up. Then I remembered, huh, we use Ngrok every day. I wonder if I can use We Ngrok pay for use... Ngrok. We pay for Ngrok. I'm like, I wonder if I can use Ngrok to, to, to get to my SSH terminal. Not only can you use Ngrok, they have specific commands, protocols for that. So I set up an Ngrok tunnel to, to my machine. Everything Everything's accessible. So as far as PHP Storm, that's out of the equation, and it's not a big problem for me. I, I'm perfectly comfortable using Vim to do my coding. So all my repos are on my System76 machine. Well, um, the, re- the reason I asked before you move on was I know there's that whole run PHP Storm on a server and basically forward the display to another machine. So I was wondering if you did something like that. Right. No, I'm, assume, I'm assuming that's over SSH. No, that's actually, uh, if, if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, and we might have covered it on one of the days you were out, we, we talked about this on the show. It's actually another application from JetBrains, an open source project from JetBrains that you run, and it, it puts PHP Storm in your browser is what it does. And uh, mm-hmm. we played with it, or I played with it uh, very briefly um, when somebody brought it to my attention. And it works. I mean, it's a little clunky, but it, it works. And again, I could potentially do that from this machine. I mean, there, there's no reason I couldn't. That's one of the great things about having a big hunking Linux machine as your desktop. But I don't have any need to. Right? I just don't. I, I can, I'm perfectly comfortable doing it in Vim. I don't have to code with PHP Storm. I'm not you know, that that bad of a developer yet. But um, But what I have started doing is uh, I always have a terminal window open. Always. And, but I've never, I, I never used TMUX and, and everybody's always trying to push. Or there, I see all these articles about using TMUX. I'm like, why? Like all these terminal apps have split panes and tabs. And I just don't, I never understood the point of having TMUX. Well, now I do. Now, every time I start my machine, I start a terminal session. I try to start a TMUX session and that TMUX session is always available to me. So if, if I'm, if I'm working on a project and I had enough forethought to start it in Vim because I knew I was going somewhere, I could just leave it in that TMUX session, go somewhere, boom, connect, pick it back up, and I'm working again. The TMUX, the Vim, that's my development right there. As far as like the the uh, browser and, and like looking at my work and debugging and all that, that's all SSH port forwarding, right? So uh, my my database, I just port forward the 3306 over SSH. My uh, my browser stuff, 44380, port forward that over 20 uh, over SSH. It all works flawlessly. I even have I even have uh, uh, what's what's the, what's the uh, database app I was using? Tables. I, there's a Tables app for the iPad, so I'm actually using really? huh. the the old uh, the old database client that I enjoyed uh, on the Mac again. And it all just works flawless. Now, keep in mind, I was doing all this over my local network, so I still haven't gone anywhere and, and see how bad it was on a bad connection. But again, this is where the TMUX session comes into play. It doesn't matter how bad the connection is. It doesn't matter. Oh, I can't wait off. to see this. I cannot wait to see this on your mom's dial-up connection. Oh, it's 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 going to rock. It's going to rock, man. So <laughs> I, I am a, I'm very happy you pointed me in that direction. I need to make that uh, that ngrok command, a um, I need to figure out a way to make it so that it just 
fires when the system starts up. So if, if the system has to reboot, you can actually make it a service, a system service. But to do that, it, it takes over your ngrok config file. And the way I use ngrok, I already have like a bunch of configurations in there. So I need to, I need to think through that and figure out how I want to do it. But I'm very excited. So the, the only so issue I have with I, that, I would want that while I was away, but I don't want it necessarily always running. It's a it's a security yeah, yeah. issue, right? Well, I mean, as much as SSH is a security issue, it doesn't it doesn't run on a standard port. It's it's a randomized port from Ngrok. Uh, it doesn't have a a standard URL, so you know you I, you can't. I mean, you could potentially guess it, but it's not like oh, it's going to be Eric at Ngrok or something or SSH Eric at no, it's not that. It's not. Oh, you, I, I have no say. You, you do, though, don't you? Can't you use since you pay for the service? You can use your subdomain if you wanted. Only for the HTTP. Uh, only for the HTTP stuff. It did. Oh, really? Give me I didn't know that. I've never done anything other than that. Neither had I until until I looked into it. So so yeah, it is potentially a, a security issue, and and I thought about like doing a. Like if this, then then that sort of thing, where I can send myself an email, and when my system got it, and there uh, so, there was something in the subject line, it would fire a application on my system, and I'm like, ah, eh, I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it, but um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. So yes, it's working, it's working well. It's gonna be, I'm, I'm like, I'm not planning on taking my iPad with me. I mean, my my laptop with me. I, I'm planning on only taking my iPad because I. Have a reasonable sense of security now that everything I want to get done is on the system anyway. So, and if you don't have the internet, oh. you can just say, "All right, I guess I'm taking a vacation." Yeah, exactly. See, it works. Yeah. So you know what? Uh, you know what my last task was for my my current company. No, because tomorrow's your last day. I'm sure you're gonna have another task. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was pushing out a Laravel update. I bet you're not going to miss that. No, I'm still going to have to do that, unfortunately. I think he's not going to miss uh, it because he's still going to be doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I pulled up the Trello board and saw that uh, Eric had posted something that somehow I completely missed, which is that there's an SQL injection issue in Laravel. Yeah, not that serious an SQL injection if you if you read it. Uh, I forget what the caveat was with it. It's basically only if you're allowing... Um, outside people to uh, if you're accepting an outside variable for like limit or something i, I forget what it what it was uh limit um, and uh offset yeah so but that's that's pagination you're you're yes. letting that in usually anyway um that most pagination has a static per page length but if you have a variable length per page or if you're using data tables in any way then that's where it would be vulnerable Oh, I didn't see the data table part. Where do you see data tables? Well, data tables uses limit and offset as part of its default configuration. Oh, oh, okay, all right. So, so it is. It is. All you wait, do, wait, all, wait. You have, all you have to do is type hint the the variable if it is there, and just say, "Hey, this has to be an, an it." And if you control that code, but with data tables, I don't control that code. My data tables is a Laravel add-on library that does the limit and stuff, the limit and offset inside its library. This only affects SQL Server. Other database drivers such as MySQL and Postgres are not affected by this vulnerability. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, so like I said, I was going to leave that out so that it seemed a little bit more important that we discuss it. No, if, if you're using MySQL, you're fine. Don't worry about it. You don't have to I upgrade. Guess. I guess. You know, you know why you wouldn't ever have to worry about upgrading? 
if was you were that? using hosting as a service? We bring today's podcast to you in cooperation with Cloudways, a managed cloud hosting platform built for your PHP projects. If you simply wish to focus on your business, Cloudways is the way to go. They take over server management and security and free up time that you can dedicate to growing your business and acquiring new clients. The platform offers a choice of IaaS partners, AWS, Google Cloud, DigitalOcean, Linode, and Vulture. In addition, you get a performance-optimized stack, managed backups, and staging environments where you can test your code before pushing it to live servers. Best of all, Composer and Git come pre-installed so you can get your projects up and running quickly. All this power, simplicity, and peace of mind falls right within their brand slogan, Moving Dreams Forward. Be sure to visit cloudways.com slash en slash php dash hosting dot php today. Sign up using the promo code PHPUGLY and get a $25 credit. Thanks, Cloudways. Cloudways. Hey, Eric, you want to know how you know Tom is not feeling well today? He was feeling sick because of his shot and all. What? His face? No. (laughs) I think that was the first time that a Cloudways promotion other than his was used. That's true. Yes. Well, see, that that joke's not going to work on the podcast because I rotate them on the podcast. So, oh, do you really? Yeah, the the Cloudways, uh, the Cloudways commercial doesn't come through uh, the podcast, so I have to, I have to. Oh, that makes sense. On the on the Zencaster side, it doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) So, so before. Before we go on to anything no. else, I want to no. put a, I want to put a question out ah. to the to the listeners. Go ahead, Tom. What? No, you have a question. Throw it out there. No, no, no. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> I want to get into crypto again a little bit, just a little bit here. Uh, All right, Eric, okay. Let me put question this there? question out. <laughs> yeah, let me the put this question out first. I, I thought you were going to go on about Cloudways some no, more. Jeez, no. oh flip, man. Well, actually, let me, t- John. I know you don't use Tailwind, right? Tailwind CSS. No. Uh, uh, I don't personally, but it is being used within. The project. Oh, really? Yeah, they started using it a while, a little bit ago. Uh, 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 Tommy Boy, do you uh, do you use Tailwind? I've used Tailwind in a couple of my throw together projects, but uh, just as mm-hmm. like a th- like the base template, I'm not doing anything Tailwindy with it. Cool. So I don't think either one of you guys are going to be able to answer this question. Very simple question. I like that. This goes out to the listeners, especially if you use Tailwind CSS. I've been doing a lot of Tailwind, and I am not a front-end guy. I am actually horrible with front-end stuff. Love Tailwind. Gives me more control. Can move things around a little bit. Uh, working a lot uh, in Argus.to, your drop simple cron job monitoring solution. Um, been doing a lot of work in there, and that's all Tailwind-driven. I got a question for my Tailwind peeps out there. I, I'm getting comfortable enough where I am... I'm figuring out the conventions. So I'm like, hey, I want to do this. It's probably something like, you know, margin dash six or something. You know, I'm understanding the convention. The one convention that keeps tripping me up, and I'm hoping somebody has a trick for me to to let me know, help, help me with this, is when to use text and when to use font. So like, if I'm trying to change the color of something, now I know today that it would be like, I'm trying to make something green. I know today it would be text green, right? I know that because I've been doing it enough. But why isn't it font green, right? In something, in some cases, 
it, the word font is used. Some cases, the word text is used. Because depending font, on if you're changing font colors. return refers to the the way, not necessarily colors, but just the the font itself, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so okay, font, but I mean, fonts, I mean, fonts if, have... if, if if you're messing with the size, would that be? Would you say? If you if you want something to be extra large cuz they do they do small extra small large whatever do you think it would be font dash lar- uh, dash l for large or do you think it would be text dash l font I agree with you Thomas John I, I would think that as well yeah. but so the the I trick here te- is I that text. fonts but I fonts think it's text. as a that's the problem well fonts as a file format have some specific properties to them uh serif versus sans serif um, different sizes are actually rendered slightly differently. You can have a, a totally different font set in your large versus your small. Uh, there's sort of breakpoints for how fonts scale. Um, <clears throat> things like italicized or bold are handled within the font itself, not within the rendering engine. Um, so it's it, it would depend on if it's something that's defined by the font as a an object or something that is not defined by the font, such as color or alignment, which is defined by the rendering engine. Okay. I'm open that for would more be feedback. My, that if, would be my guess. If has a, yeah. I, you're, you're probably, you're probably pr- pretty close. Uh, I mean, cause just looking at it, I mean, it does have it. Well, I mean, yeah. So, so he, here, here's what's confusing. If you look under font size in the Tailwind CSS documentation, if you look under font size, the, the the naming convention is text dash l text dash you know whatever two xl but if you look under font weight right then you're right it is font dash thin font dash light I mean it's just it, it's not a huge hmm. problem and it, 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 it just as a matter of speaking not that it, it well, I guess it does factors into this uh, italic or uh, italicize italic doesn't do font or text it's just italic. <laughs> <laughs> so right it's, it's but it's the but the property it's, it's actually modifying is font dash style and the same is true right, for font my, size my where, point being where, is, is what what is the what is the kind of pattern that people like with for Vin, tail you know, you, specific well, yes yeah. i think that the same question could be asked of is this php function haystack needle or needle haystack there's there's a logic behind that though and if you ask uh rasmus he would tell you what it is he tells you what the logic is and i always forget what it is yeah but, but it's there's still if if it's a, if it's an array it's one if it's not an array it's another or something like that and, but there's logic there and i'm sure there's a similar logic behind this but if you even if you knew it you'd forget it i don't know possibly Probably. uh crypto so we talked. We about have a NF- lot of questions today, so don't go. Don't I'm not going Don't go crazy. off on the big up. crypto thing. Okay. Here, how do I mute him? There we go. Uh, so we've talked about NFTs, and one of the important things about NFTs is that the wallet it originates from authenticates it as valid. You know that this is Beeple's wallet, so it's Beeple's artwork. But a group who saw all this interest in crypto decided to form they call themselves uh uh nft the nft theft or no yeah nf theft terrible terrible name but what they've done is managed to create a contract in ethereum that mints an nft in someone else's wallet and then moves it to your wallet so it looks like this artwork was originated from people and then sent to the person who actually originated it so I, the I entire the, uh, yeah I read this article when I saw you post it, and it is fascinating. And the only good thing I read from it 
is that the person doing it is a white hat hacker. Yes, this is not a malicious thing. They came out immediately and said, I'm doing it. Right. They saw the vulnerability in the the coding, like saw that it was possible, went and tried getting it fixed prior to exploiting it, didn't get a response. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to exploit it. Well, and it's going to be very, very hard to fix because contracts, Ethereum contracts have the ability to transfer items from one wallet to another. So you can create an NFT contract that is ERC compatible and creates a totally valid NFT, but that contract, after creating the NFT, transfers it to you. It, it artificially puts it in someone else's wallet and then transfers it from that wallet to you. Well, that seems like it could is something that could and should be fixed. <laughs> like, there's no reason I should be able to create well, something in your wallet, except that. This is the core of how Ethereum works, is that contracts can move things between wallets. And so we're getting into this area where you would need to have antivirus software running on contracts, which would add overhead of an unbelievable amount to every contract and wouldn't guarantee anything. Well, You'd have it sounds to, like it, <laughs> it seems silly. It's a, well, it's a tricky situation. And, and the issue is that NFTs, while a good idea, were not thought out as an attack vector for something. Well, not until one sells for $70 million. Of course not. Right. Nobody which sees is, that. Which is, by the way, the one that he minted. Uh, so the process is called sleep minting. And he made a duplicate of the $70 million NFT that comes from, if you track the, if you track the transaction, comes from Beeple's wallet and is then transferred to this white hat hacker. So he just faked a $70 million item and there's honestly no good way to check if it's valid or not. Uh, we're we're going to have to have something like a Sotheby's or you know a, a boarding house that tracks authentication of NFTs, which fortunately already exists with with the NFT companies that are out there, they're gonna, but they're going to have to get together and say, hey, here's how we validate NFTs. But in doing that, they remove the decentralization and it loses a huge amount of its inherent value. So this, this is a very, very interesting issue, is that if you have a programmable platform, someone can hack your program. And if they can hack the program, then they're going to be able to do anything you can do just as well, just as easily, and fake the results of it any way they want to. So, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting issue. Do either of you follow Ali Spagnola on YouTube? No. Great YouTuber, love her stuff. But she just did this whole video about how she got, how she sold an NFT for $500,000. It was it was all clickbait trying to get people to watch it. And it's still on auction, but it's only up to Fourteen five right now. Not quite. Not quite the five hundred thousand mark. That's, that's still pretty good. We need to start getting in on this. She she does. She's for fourteen years. She's been doing free art for people. Like, hey, come to my website, submit something you want, and she does a free drawing for you, and she'll send it to you. Obviously, she's very backlog, but well, five hundred thousand dollars isn't free. Thank you very much. Well, it's fourteen years later, after like never planning on doing this, she sees. Beeple sell something for seventy million. Is like maybe I can get something from this. Yeah, that's fair. Her video even says it's a money grab. It's like why not try? So somebody somebody gave her a gave her one bitcoin years ago that was worth fifty dollars at the time. She didn't think anything of it. Then did a video on how it was worth uh, forty thousand dollars, and that was months ago. Now it's up to 
50k of Bitcoin. Crazy. Well, s- still on the uh, crypto issue, but in the programming that we're in programming realm that affects us. Do you guys use any of the free uh, continuous integration providers like Layer CI or GitLab or Travis CI? Not any longer used to. Eric? Mm-mm. Nope. Just uh, Git Actions. I've used Travis for a couple things, and it's really nice. Um, and Travis lets you like run tests and stuff. It lets you run your actual application to make sure it's working the way it, it should. Um, and this includes functional testing with... Uh, with Chrome browser driver and uh, things like that. So it'll actually spin up a browser and check that your site is working the way that it's supposed to be working. And people figured out like, hey, if I can make them spin up a browser, I can make that browser do work. So they've started creating these GitHub, uh, GitHub repositories that commit every couple minutes and run on Travis or Shippable or GitLab and <laughs> mine <laughs> cryptocurrency and then exit. Really? And That's- fascinating it's it's really fascinating but the problem is it's threatening to kill the free continuous integration industry because they're losing a lot of money on these compute times it's not, uh, they're not they're not gonna kill it they're gonna the free tiers are gonna wise up and say okay you're gonna instead of you get x amount of time for free they're gonna they'll have to limit it more most of them aren't like completely free they want you to upgrade at some point sure but but travis ci made a blog post saying, hey, we've got a new pricing model because we can't stop people from doing this. So if you were using us, make sure you're not over our new levels and our new numbers because we're just killing everything after a certain point. Yeah. So it's so they're, they're, it's they're not, not necessarily kill their killing service. the free tier, but they're having to restrict the free tier for people who previously used it genuinely and and wanted it and needed open source projects, for example. Where they, needed, they needed to do that anyway to make money. I, there's no way that they... I'm surprised it would stay free for an unlimited amount of time. Well, the issue is that they're having trouble catching people doing this now. And some of these repositories are running frequently enough that they're making upwards of 75 bucks a month. Oh, is it because they they do free for open source? Is is it something like that? Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, all, all, all of them have their own plans and models, but... The fact that the free tier is getting more restricted because assholes are crypto mining on them isn't good for anybody. No, still, still a fascinating use case. People find ways around things. Yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about cryptocurrency stuff lately. And one of the things I realized is that ransomware stuff always requires payment in Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if, if your company is at risk of a ransomware attack... Should you buy Bitcoin right now? Not with where it's at. Well, but it's just going to be higher later, isn't it? Like the higher the price of Bitcoin goes, the more incentive there is to attack you. But it doesn't matter. When the ransomware happens, it's based on a cost, right? It's going to be $10,000. You can pay and they want it paid in Bitcoin. It doesn't matter when you spend that $10,000. Sure it does. That's. <clears throat> no, it doesn't. I mean, you can buy, you can spend five thousand now, and maybe have ten thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin in the future potentially, if that's what you're suggesting. But that that's what I'm suggesting. Holds true with any, that holds true with any stock or anything, right? That's not just a Bitcoin thing. But if you yeah, if you need to pay a ten thousand dollar ransom, and I go to buy ten thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin that day, it's still ten thousand dollars. Sure, but I'm saying if you buy five thousand now, maybe when they ask for seven thousand, crypto is not an insurance policy. Yeah, I'm just saying it was a thought. And again, it's, it, it, it's an it's an investment <laughs> like any other investment. If you want it to be crypto, then invest in crypto. If you want it to be 
stocks and bonds, invest in stock, stocks and bonds. If you want to be real estate, be real estate. It's I mean, all you know, just investment. You know, I'm, I'm buying ADA, right? I've told you about this. The main competitor to Ethereum. That's the similar concept of the live contracts is Ethereum, but they're already on a staked protocol. It's not a work protocol. So it's a very effective uh, answer to the fact that Right now, trading Ethereum costs a hundred dollars. But fine, if you don't if you don't think that's a good idea, then fine. Uh, we'll we'll take it to Twitter to let the uh, listeners tell Eric he's wrong. You're you're so you're saying that you would pay ransomware. I'm saying, well, a lot of places are paying ransomware. A lot of uh, them. Yeah, I, I have a client from my long ago past that paid ransomware. Yeah, and I'm saying that. Right now, one of the diversities that that uh, Tesla is making is an investment into Bitcoin. And when they get a ransomware attack, they already have Bitcoin that they paid a lower price for that they can pay out of instead of having to pay out of cash on hand. Now, it's for them, it's their purpose is not as a as a uh, backup plan or an insurance policy, but it does serve the effect of an insurance policy if the Bitcoin price keeps climbing the way it is. I just thought that it's was big, interesting. It's a big if. See, I got I got told by Eric last week that my parts of the podcast, there's too many pauses, there's too many holds. I I get cut down from like a 30 minute period of talking down to about five minutes because I'm pausing too much. So I'm trying very hard to engage him, <laughs> but he's drinking an iced tea and completely ignoring everything I say. That looks like a that tasty like iced tea. tea. Iced beer. I'm just I saying. Just, I, I, I I'm not excited about crypto I, I think it's an interesting topic and i you know i i like participating in it but you know you talk in circles about it. i'm not you specifically just the topics of cryptocurrency is just a, a, a topic of circles to me is there's nothing earth shattering in my world where i'm at there's nothing earth shattering about cryptocurrency it should be the way global currency is being handled and the fact that it's not being handled that's what interests me of countries and businesses accepting cryptocurrency. This, hey, if you buy cryptocurrency today, you might have this much tomorrow conversation. I'm over it. I don't care about it. It's an investment. If you want to look at it as an investment, it's an investment. I don't care about that shit. You know, this should be the global currency. I completely agree with it. And I love the technology behind it. I'm also extremely concerned about the environmental impact cryptocurrency is having on our planet. Absolutely. We're burning, burning which, through electricity with this. Which is why I brought up ADA, because ADA is a staked protocol. It does not burn electricity to process. So, yeah. Eric, you, you had questions for us. ADA also has I huge have, support. I have PHP stuff. Well, I have some PHP stuff for you guys. But I, I, I'm, 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 I'm losing wrong. my engagement on this to be completely honest All right. with you. Eric's going full screen. Bring us, bring it back. Bring it back. I'm, energy don't, levels. Don't full, don't full screen me. No, no. Energy level's gone now. Oh God, you killed it. Your done it, crypto done currency it cycle burned it out of me. This is why. Let's this see, is why I, I don't have questions. a doom and gloom banner anymore. I have questions. We have questions from this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tackle one of Keith's questions here. Or Kevin. Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. Jesus Christ. I'm gonna tackle one of Kevin's. Questions questions because he he has a few here that are, that are pretty good questions and one of the ones i've been thinking about a lot that if i had a chance to do it over again would i do it the same way so one of the questions they had was for for a smaller company using neither slack nor discord as far as integrations go such as automation testing notifications that sort of thing uh would you choose slack or discord as far as the future is concerned in terms of features usefulness 
in uh, to developers. So, so I, I'm, I'm reading that as if you're not using either and you had to choose one, which would you choose? That that's how he worded it. Yes. Do you have Do you have any insight on that? John? Well, okay. There's a thoughts? for for there's a missing business? component, which is Teams. So it's not it's not just Slack and Discord. There, there, Slack, there's there's Discord, a lot of stuff teams. out there. You, you can respond however you want to respond, Thomas. Just give give a response. I yes, have for a business. Uh, for a business, John. Yeah, I, so I would what, say what, for what, what, what. Go ahead, John. For for a business, I would say Slack. Okay. I would agree. Any, any particular reason for that? I don't know enough about Discord. I use it, but not mm-hmm. in any sort of business aspect. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Slack, the the integrations into Slack, the automations, the it just seems more like a useful business tool. Discord seems it. Discord was born out of the gaming industry, right? Allowing people to yeah. talk together, and it's gained a lot of popularity. But I still don't see it in a business setting the way it is currently. Thomas, did you have any additional input? Yeah, I mean, Discord is organized for people who want to do a lot of one-on-one communication or group voice or sharing their their stream. Uh, Discord has a store for video games. As a company, Discord sends the wrong message and you would have people with basically with a play application on their work machines. Um, Discord is cool and it does a lot of really interesting things as far as like video sharing, audio sharing. uh, And it's actually quite nice on Android phones for notifications, making sure they get through and stuff. But Slack just is the business standard at this point. Um, and aside from that, you sure, it's not Skype. You sure Skype's not the business so, standard. So mm, if you, if you want, you've, you've got you've got the feedback from from some amateurs there. If you want some professional <laughs> feedback from an established CTO, I'm willing to give that to you free of charge, Kevin. Just because you're you, my friend, and senior engineer. So. This is one, this is one of the areas had the technology been where it's at today when we made the decision I might have made a different decision. So the quick and dirty answer is if you have the money and it's not your money and you have it to spend go with Slack. It's going to alleviate a lot of the headaches. Uh, there's the professionalism piece that Thomas referenced uh, in his his talk um, and it is a your Slack is just your company, right? Whereas Discord, you have some discoverability there. You're on, you know, these public servers. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot can go, can go sideways in Discord. I like Discord. Obviously, we use it for the show. That that's what it's for, right? Uh, they they share a lot of the same features. Now, if you don't have money to spend, um, I would highly, I would very much discourage you from trying to do anything on the free version of Slack. It seems appealing, really, but you start to learn very quickly that you need that history search. You need, there are a lot of the, the professional things you need. If you don't have the money, there are other solutions out there. Um, you know, uh, uh, John talked about Skype. I mean, Skype is what we used and what our clients used before we introduce them to Slack, Skype is Skype allows you to do bots now. It allows you to have rooms. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Skype. I don't particularly like it. Um, there, there are these other uh, Microsoft has Teams. I actually don't know. I have Teams installed on my Linux machine. It drives me crazy. I had to install it for one stinking meeting for one stinking vendor, and it's it's infected my Linux machine like a virus. I need to uninstall the damn thing. But uh, had I had. 
So talking to you as a CTO, talking to you as a business owner who pays for Slack and we pay a pretty penny. Um, and I think, I think it, it's, we see the benefit of it because we got over the hump, but had I had to do that today, things like uh, telegram, I think I would look more closely at telegram matter it most, dep- which it is depends on what you're trying to do with it. I mean, Slack already has so many integrations built into it that if you're looking for a lot of automations, yeah, but te- telegram has, you, you can tie bots and stuff into telegram, but Mattermost would be the thing I would really look into. Uh, if you're on a budget, I think Mattermost, uh, the, the paid service is out of the box cheaper than Slack. But if you're really, if you're really tight on, on cash, Mattermost is open source and it is a damn close clone of Slack. I've spun up Mattermost a couple times in recent years and it is pretty damn spot on with Slack. So like, just talking about how I had have this big hunking Linux desktop on my machine. If I was in, you know, if money was tight for me and I'm trying to do a startup and I've got three or four people and I want to, I want a Slack sort of solution for them. I I could very easily run Mattermost on my desktop and, and just let that be the thing. And then when I'm ready to pay for it, when I'm ready to graduate, they have a paid service. Uh, I would, look at that so it so it depends i mean again if it's not your money and money is not really a issue there's no reason not to go with slack you know, tom said it john said it i'm saying it. it's kind of the business standard now um and there's nothing for you to worry about with slack uh it, it, it'll integrate with a lot of things um you know it's just if something's going to work with one of these platforms it's going to work with slack then something else so but if money is a problem um, you know, you know, if, if that's one of the issues, there are other solutions out there you should consider. That's true about so many services, though, right? Like we talk yeah. about PHP Storm all the time. You're a professional developer; you should be using probably a professional IDE. Although VS Code is a very close, uh, it's very close to PHP Storm, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would also bring up that Slack has guaranteed uptime SLAs. Um, They have a huge investment in security. So those are business level things to be interested in. You know what also is a business level thing to be interested in? What's that? How well your application is running in the real world. But how would I ever know? Honeybadger.io. That's how you would know. They have a free (sighs) tier. You don't even have to pay for HoneyBadger.io. Why did I think of that? We really need to come up with a better spot for HoneyBadger. I feel like we're doing them a disservice. No, I mean, they're so nice spots. to us. They're so nice to us, and there's 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 so they're so accommodating, and I feel like they get the short end of the commercial uh, segment here. But yeah, HoneyBadger.io is one of our uh, Patreon sponsors, uh, and and this is their they're on their second month now, so. They listened to their spots through the first month and went, ah, I'll just, we'll do it another month. Why not? That's how, uh, that's how cool they are. Uh, so if, if you are, a, if you're a developer professional, hobbyist, doesn't matter. HoneyBadger.io has solutions to help watch your application when you can't watch it and alert you with issues and help you track those issues down. It's a great service. I've been implementing it more and more on Diego Dev properties. We'll probably continue to do it even well after they uh, finish their sponsorship with us. I'm getting Just very get close to it, to, uh, to actually 
giving them their money back and just paying for for the next tier up of Honey Badger. <laughs> I think that's how this works, man. But uh, Honey Badger.io is, you know, I have no no discount code to give you, no promo code to give you. Just go to HoneyBadger.io, sign up. If they ask where you heard, heard of them, tell them the three uh, PHP Ugly guys sent you. But uh, so that just integrates. It. That just integrates with Laravel, though, doesn't it? It does. It does. And the actually friend of the show, uh, TJ Miller, only is Laravel, the one who wrote the the the. No, not only. It's not even only PHP, Thomas. What? It's you should know this by now. It's everything. It's 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 so I almost said Pearl. I almost said Pearl. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's not Pearl. It might be Pearl. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't remember seeing Pearl. But it's Python, it's Ruby, it's it's everything. It's the whole it, maybe it's Pearl. I don't know. I'm, I'm let's put it out there. Let's say it's Pearl. Let's say it's Rust. Let's I don't know. It's everything. They integrate with everything. But no, definitely Python, definitely Ruby, 100% PHP, and even PHP-specific things like Laravel. I believe they even have WordPress and a couple others. JavaScript? Like Laravel all the time, so. JavaScript, Symfony, all the big names. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's very and very easy to install. It's a Composer install. You, can't, elixir? you really can't beat it. What Speaking the hell is Elixir? Elixir? Crystal? No, Elixir is the Java's is the the web package. It's the new Ruby. For... It's new Ruby on Rails. Oh, it's a new thing. Oh no. What is Crystal? I don't even know what Crystal is. I'm so out of the loop. Oh no, Boy. yeah, it's not the Elixir you're thinking of, Thomas. I just, I just All got. Right. I thought you were being funny. No, yeah, Elixir is actually a thing. It's a whole language. Yeah. Speaking of Symphony, uh, Fabpot issued a uh, a gist out there for people who want to block Flock by default. Uh, we talked about Flock last week. It's Google's way of uh, doing third-party cookies without third-party cookies. And not only are the WordPress people upset about it, but it looks like Symfony is going to block Flock requests by default as well. Uh, so don't be surprised if all of the frameworks out there by default have Flock functionality or uh, permissions policies in the headers by default, because it looks like people really hate this idea. So that'll be in our show notes. If you want to see, if you're running Symphony or Laravel and want to see how to block flock requests, it's just a simple default header. So this doesn't need to be a Symphony thing, right? I mean, I can just add that. I should be adding that header yeah, to all so, my applications if, so if I don't is, agree with flock. This is just a, a, a simple default header. The gist that's in the show notes shows how to do it in Symphony, but it simply says permissions-policy. The value is interest-cohort equals open-close-parent. And doing that should disable Flock on your site. And the only re- So going back to what Flock is, it would allow Google to see who visits my website and gather no, information about no. them? So the way Flock works is that it, uh, it uses your browsing habits to develop a profile of you and send that profile to people who request it. So... You know, Google is saying, you know, there's only going to be about 500 or so people per profile. But the idea is that it doesn't give you any specific data about the user. It just says, hey, this user is part of a group that's interested in buying mattresses right now. Or this user is part of a group that wants to get a home loan. And their reasoning is pretty weak on whether or not you can actually be tracked with this type of data. But it is not a whole lot better than third-party cookies as it, as they stand. So uh, a lot of people are trying to get it nerfed on the internet by having default installs of software just say, I'm not tracking my users. 
Because what it does is if you don't purposefully opt out, then Chrome will use your website to account for the user's browsing habits. So bringing this back to PHP, uh, the, 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 the convention that I was talking about that um, Rasmus ta- mentioned with haystack, needle, needle, haystack, it turns out all string functions use haystack, needle, and all array functions use needle, haystack. It's that simple. So if it's a, if it's a string function, it's haystack, needle, and if it's an array, it's needle, haystack. Bam. You're done. What if, I'm looking no for a, what if I'm looking for a string in an array? You, you are a string in an array. I'm I'm done talking to you. I'm muting you now. You're now being <laughs> muted. I got things to talk about. Are hey, you going to go Kevin, back into Kevin's questions? So your second question, which is a pretty long question. Oh, Dev Circus I put something down here too, man. Can't even keep up. We can't even keep up with the show questions. You're rambling about cryptocurrency and and and, and, and beans. You know, whatever, man. People want to know about PHP. Speaking speaking Your of where people are asking us these questions, where are people asking us these questions, Eric? It's in our show questions uh, channel on our Discord, which is discord.phpugly.com. Thomas I should know this. I do what do you know this? To? Why What's do you wrong say? with you? Trying Stop to point to at things. You point to it because you're. He's got you big right now. You can point right down there. See right there. You can all point simultaneously. Discord. <laughs> okay. Discord. You're drunk. Dot dot com. Your second question, which was a pretty lengthy question, but it kind of comes down to, and and this is going to circle back to something I talked about earlier as well about. Um, when you have to have like these uh, quick in- interfaces for developers and non-developers to work work in, and uh, you you talk about you know things like WordPress, you know, is this is this a situation for WordPress? Uh, where do I want to go with this? Uh, again, if it's a Laravel application, and I kind of lead to that because you said while well, a dev is happy with straight Laravel, so I, I'm assuming you're talking about Laravel applications. You're leaving the whole question Thank- now, so it's very confusing to people that are not paying attention. Okay, so the question is you, where there needs to be both developers and marketers to both manage a marketing funnel. While a dev would be happy with straight Laravel, non-coders need a way to also edit stuff such as wording, layout, etc. This makes things like WordPress and extensions like uh, Div Builder attractive to uh, get pages up quickly and give marketers control over the layout. It goes on about this. We, we actually have this problem with a client. Um, you know, again, d- depending on what it is you're trying to do, uh, you know, I, I don't want to tooth the horn too loud about this, but if it's quick and dirty, you know, Nova has a lot of functionality in it and it has some, some nice, uh, gooey sort of, um, text areas you can create back there. Uh, we have, we have a client that has needs like this and they actually ended up going with a third party. Um, what's it called John Wix Wix, uh, which is, uh, like, a I don't, I don't know how to explain it's it. It's a but. drag and drop builder. Yeah. And, and the yeah. issue is, I mean, and, and the same, the same thing can be said about WordPress, right? Because it's an entire platform and the challenge becomes, well, Hey, I want users who log into my website now to be logged into the blog. And it's like, okay, now I got to come up with these bridges and these translations. And it just get if the more you can do within the application that you have, the better. Um, 
I I would suggest if it's a Laravel app, looking at Nova, looking at some of the solutions out there, because you can do a lot. Um, well, it's not going to be as pretty as Wix or, or WordPress, but depending on how much they need to do, it might be able to do what you need to get done. I, I think I have a much more simple answer, and that is you've described needing a CMS. Now, whether or not it's a custom CMS, a, like a fully custom CMS, or if it's Nova, or if it's WordPress, or if it's uh, October, which is a CMS for Laravel, what you're describing is needing a content management system uh, so that people who are less informed on the programming side of things are not only able to edit things, but able to do them securely with limited permissions not able to permanently ruin things. So the, I would do more research into what a CMS is and how you can either build or implement one in whatever uh, framework you'd like. There you go. So we have more doom and gloom, Thomas. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Which one is it? Which one yeah, is we it? Have a, we have a composer command injection vulnerability. And so they're telling people to immediately, immediately upgrade your version of composer, regardless of if you're on version one or version two. There's a composer injection of vulnerability that you should probably upgrade immediately. Now, I'm not going to ruin this one real early on in the story like John did with my vulnerability issue, where he brought up that it was only for SQL Server. But Okay, was there more to that? Or, but <laughs> but I am actually, I am, I am actually going to do that and say that this is only... This is only for people running mercurial based repos. Not run, not running not running mercurial, but well this is the problem. It's not running mercurial. It's if if one of your packages is hosted on mercurial. So well you have to have mercurial packages. installed locally. No, this is a composer install thing. No, no, no. Composer install won't handle Mercurial without Mercurial installed on the local machine. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah, because this is this is a vulnerability in Mercurial's executable, which is called HG, which is the symbol for Mercury. And it has to do with the fact that their implementation allowed for double dash config in the uh, packages, which could be overflowed into a command that executed locally. So it, it is a serious vulnerability, and there's a good chance that Mercurial is installed on your system by default, so there's no reason not to update. But again, not a lot of people using Mercurial anymore. In fact, the company that owns Mercurial, which is Atlassian, doesn't support it on their uh, version of GitHub anymore either, Bitbucket. Bitbucket. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bitbucket canceled Mercurial repos about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. So it's actually hard to run Mercurial repository right now. So what was the actual vulnerability? If I had Mercurial installed locally and had Composer, what was the vulnerability? If you were fetching a Mercurial repository as like a library or something, then the Mercurial the Mercurial repository could be configured to overload the config argument of Mercurial. So I would have to be requiring a Mercurial repository that was vulnerable. That was not vulnerable, yes. but that was infected. Malicious. Was yes, malicious. malicious. Yeah. So it's it's a good security vulnerability to get taken care of, but I would say the the actual risk of a problem is all, is close to zero. Well, that doesn't sound like doom and gloom, Eric. You lied to me. That's, that's why that's why he doesn't do doom and gloom. Doom and gloom is my job. Sounds like we're winding down. Right, we're Thank down. you, Patreons. Thank you, Patreons. <laughs> Look at all those names. We have a new one. Who's the new one? I didn't see the update on uh, Dropbox. 
It should be there. Let's see. Let's see if the Kendrick B. There. Oh, Kendrick B's been there. Here we go. RCS. That was last. This was last week. That was last. Here we come. Here it is. Yes. Ben R. Ben. Me. Ben R. Ben R. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. I love that. You're your new 8.1 release manager. Ben R. Oh, really? Yeah. That. That's who that. What is the point of? What is the point of censoring his last name if you're going to go out there and immediately say, by the way, it's Ben Ramsey? I didn't well, say assuming. that. You said that. You we're said assuming. That. It could be I, any Ben R. I, I, like ben to assume, I like to assume our listeners are intelligent. In fact, I, 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 would, I would go so far as to say I know that they're intelligent because so, they're listening funny to Funny story. Funny story. Uh, ben pinged me on, on Discord, and I, I do appreciate it. I think he did gloat a little bit, but you know, whatever. So if you're not, <laughs> not familiar, Ben Ramsey is one of the release managers uh, for uh, 8.1, uh, PHP 8.1. Which did get uh, decided this running, week. Yeah, the... the, the the, the, yeah, the the votes were tallied. It's official. Uh, I think last week we were just you know forecasting at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. no, it's, yeah. it's official. So it's, Nobody it's official. loves it's you. Be, it's Ben Ramsey and some other dude, and and then of course and the then veteran. Eric. No, Eric's not even on the list. So here, here's the here's the cute thing. I thought I I, I do appreciate Ben reaching out to me. You know, making sure that I, you know this was all good fun, and, and it really is. I mean, to say my he, ego didn't take a hit is is you know. Not an understatement, okay? But I do, I do appreciate the fact that we had so many people volunteer to be release managers, uh, and and so many qualified people. I mean, it, it was I I I tallied up the votes. I, I would have come in like I think there were eight people. I think I would have come in like seventh place, and everybody everybody got more votes uh, than me. Uh, but it's because of us you know, that there are so many release managers. Really, your your own whatever. worst enemy in this. Eh, am I though? I mean, really, it's probably better for everybody that I'm not. Let's let's be real. <laughs> but so he says, hey, he goes, you know, they're going to be doing you know eight point two votes. You know, just put your name back in the hat. I had my name in the hat for eight point zero and lost to um, to a uh, uh, oh man. The kid, the kid inspired me, and I keep forgetting his name. It begins with a G. Uh, Gabriel. Gabriel. He goes, I lost a Gabriel. So I'm like, okay, let me check this out. Because, you know, they they have everything in the public. So I, I just went back to uh, the votes for eight. Yeah. Yeah, sure. He lost in a runoff. It was like a tied vote. And keep in mind, they only had one release manager in, in the veteran. So they, have, they had a veteran, and then they had one new release manager. And... He, it ended up being a tie, and he lost by one vote in the runoff. So it was so, so it was so, so controversial that they added a second. Don't think the humiliation I suffered with nobody voting for me is even close <laughs> to what you went through in point oh, <laughs> Mister Ramsey. You don't know me. Thank you for saying, being a Patreon, but I do appreciate. I appreciate. Uh, appreciate it. And, well, and thanks, so and, and, and thanks for being a Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, I have a I have a question for you. That was that, that was feel, the ruse the whole time, Thomas. Better. See, see, this it was a long con. See, I never wanted to be release manager. I just wanted him to become a Patreon yeah. uh, member. No, and, he's uh, just he's just rubbing that release manager guilt. money in your face now. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, he's making the big release manager money now, and he's just. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, it's like driving your Ferrari up to the old Seven Eleven where you know your uh, high school bully works. <laughs> oh, note to self: get a Ferrari. 
uh, Eric, I have a question for you because Kevin asked on Discord, what's the best use case you found for AWS Lambda from a Laravel community perspective? And you also have a ticket on here about Google Cloud Functions for PHP. You see the way I was going to tie all that stuff together if we had more time, Thomas? You see how I, I had I had like stacks things of wanting to address questions and other. Yes, Clearly, I don't. Yes. But we're going. But to, we talked so long about crypto. We're going to have to wrap this up pretty quick because we PHP are running Storm. long. But yeah, that was another question of his. Uh, the short answer, Kevin. It, it, what was the question again, Thomas? Uh, what's, what's the best, the best use case you found for AWS Lambda from a Laravel community perspective? So, for those who don't know, AWS Lambda is a quick spin up, spin down computational network provided serverless. by AWS. A service provided by AWS. So serverless, serverless, serverless. serverless. Service. Ser- serverless yes. service for serving servables to your services without servers without <laughs> with with servers that are defined as serverless so so the 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 quick answer there uh kevin excuse me again it's a money issue right um we never don't hit run a wordpress site on it i can tell you that yeah, it's 100% a hundred percent money really hit, issue. Yeah, we never really hit hit with that that good balance. Now we tried we tried using the Laravel product Vapor, and no matter how and we again keep in mind we did it when Vapor first came out. I mean, this is a few years ago now, like three or four years ago now. But no matter how we configured things, it was always more expensive than putting something on a server. So again, it, it's about scale. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. But you're, you're acting like you're acting like it's an end all be all, right? It's all about scale, Kevin. So uh, if if you're if you're throwing a lot of compute power at, at something, and even if they're like API endpoints, maybe your your API endpoints only take a hit, but they take like massive hit during the day, but nobody uses them at night. Whatever that case might be, uh, that's the ca- really the use case for serverless solutions, right? It's 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 something that's needed in in uh, just kind of sprints and get gets hit hard, but isn't needed twenty four out, right? So in our case, you know, we were trying to understand serverless and vapor. So I, to John's point, we put a WordPress site out there, and we just messed around with the configuration and how you know how. It was configured, and, and we actually didn't even spend a lot of time doing that. But you know, for that, it, it was the WordPress site for our local meetup, our local SDPHP user group, right? So it's a extremely low trafficked website. I mean, it almost never gets hit. So the the baseline cost of running it on vapor was outweighed the baseline cost of running it on on hardware because it just wasn't that impactful. It didn't require that much scale. Um, and again, vapor is only one solution. I just did an interview with the, with the the developer who created a breath, which is a PHP library that basically Vapor just expands on, but lets you deploy in serverless, in the AWS serverless environment. Uh, Again, Laravel, straight PHP, doesn't matter. So again, it's it's a question of cost and scale. How much does your hardware cost today to run? How much traffic is hitting it? 24 hours a day is it is it being hit 24 hours a day is it only being hit hit six hours a day you know it's not a very easy answer and there are development 
considerations to take in when doing serverless. Uh, things you don't have things like local disk storage. You don't. You have to use a service like S3 and how you do your cache. So it's not just a I don't want to run this here. I want to run it on serverless solution. You have to take in consideration all the other kind of services that that you need to bolt onto it. So that's the best answer I can give you. Um, If you have a crazy application that sees a lot of traffic, that does a bunch of scaling, but the the, the amount of traffic hitting it isn't consistent, Maybe it's really low at night and really high during the day. Serverless may be a good solution. You just need to do the research yourself. Uh, but yeah, to John's point, don't don't run your mom's WordPress site on it because it's <laughs> going to cost you a pretty penny. Well, and that's where and I really kind of, I really like hmm? how Google words their version of this, which is cloud functions, whereas Lambda is like, yeah, it's a serverless thing. But Google says, yeah, it's a function that you're running on our servers instead of on yours. And that's a definition, so, that's, a, that's a defining line that I, I think is really important because it says, hey, this isn't for your application. This is for something that has load that you don't want to carry, that you want to outsource to another, another company. So you're, you're kind of jumping ahead. What Thomas is referring to is this week, uh, Google announced that uh, it, it, it's introduced PHP on cloud functions. So again, Google Google had a solution where you could run PHP in their environment, but it, much like Lambda was, it was all this funky uh, workaround. As a matter of fact, I think I did uh, a user group talk on running Laravel in Google Cloud. But now Google announced this week that their, their serverless solution now supports php and uh microsoft has a service solution too i it's not called functions i forget what microsoft is called um there's three serverless solutions i know breath only works on lambda huh what money pit was that it (laughs) i know breath only works on lambda um i have not had any time to spend with uh the new cloud functions from google like i said just announced this week so it's always kind of interesting to see how these things work out. But uh, yeah. So I've, I've done a little the... bit of reading on this and their cloud mm-hmm. functions API basically says here, you get to define a class that has one function and that function executes on our servers and sends its data back to you. The end. So it's a very yeah. simplified system. And that's the other thing to keep in mind. It's like your code is not out there running if it's not being used. You know, it's it it goes to sleep, and it's pretty cool. I, I speaking lo- of going to sleep, Eric's sense of humor starts to just dry up the more we talk about crypto or Apple. Or you can't see it, but I have a list on the wall here that says "Do not talk about" because it it upsets Eric. That I just, just can't be the the driving humor around everybody's topic if I, if I don't have any, anything to contribute. So I'm sorry if you want to oh, talk about crypto. You need to come up with your own funny shit about crypto. I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. I forget that Eric isn't my groupie and doesn't have to laugh at my jokes. I tried helping you along with your crypto talk. I know. It's the cold tried. stare from the other Skype camera that disrupts me. It's like having a heckler you in guys, the audience. You know, you both, you and John both, will just publicly <laughs> criticize me nonstop. And I, I'm supposed to sit here Absolutely do not. You, oh my God. I will put together highlight reels for you. God, that would be a depressing thing to do, though. Mm. You'd have to call me at four in the morning right. again, crying. 
I was putting together a, a highlight reel, and you guys are so mean. Huh? You're not That's helping your case here at all, <laughs> just so you know. Just That's... That's my job subtitle. I'm senior engineer, not helping his case at all. <laughs> okay, is this your first title? Because because you've said it a few times through this show. What's your title? I forget. <clears throat> what are senior you? engineer. I'm very proud of it because I was. I've been senior PHP engineer for a long time, and this is a step forward. And and uh, if you're in the dropping Discord, PHP made you happy. I'm confused. Doesn't it always? No. Do you know why? Me. Do you know why John is the CEO and I'm the CTO? Do you know why? No, we don't either. <laughs> we were just hoping somebody would tell us. Because <laughs> nine years ago when we started, so we had a, a lawyer say, you have to name somebody CEO, and we're, we yep. flipped the coin. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And there was three of us at that time, yeah. so it was which, a funky which, coin. <laughs> which one of you looks best in court? All right, it's John. Hey, hey Ben, nobody voted for me then either, uh, bastard! <laughs> we didn't get to talk about Basecamp at all. Which I, I suppose would count as political talk, so we wouldn't be allowed to talk about it. I don't know anything about Basecamp. Next week, you don't you don't know about Basecamp do again? Next, I week? don't know about Basecamp. I know what Basecamp is. I don't know about any story or any political issue. With Are it. you kidding? Looks like we have something to talk what? about next week. Now, don't we? I I'm I, amazed you guys don't know I, about this. Where they? I, ba- I have no clue. I don't even I don't even see a car here. What are you talking about? Basecamp completely shut down like all of their. Uh, diversity oh you just, just oh. add this freaking card you yeah bastard. you just didn't scroll down that's all <laughs> no you missed it because you didn't scroll down i we're gonna have to talk about the base camp i thought you guys had known about this and just didn't want to talk about it because it's crazy but i have no way i have absolutely no idea what you're talking about base camp Not announced base camp announced that they're no longer allowing political political conversations in the office no more benefits for uh, health and wellness outside of the office. No more committees, specifically the diversity and inclusion committee. Uh, no more dwelling on the past. No more peer reviews uh, and work harder. And all of this was in a single blog post by uh, the CEO who basically said, uh, yeah, this whole experiment on being cool about diversity and stuff failed. So now we're just a business. And it did not uh play well on the internet hmm. i you know i i've always had issues with with base camp i, I i've well, talked about this on the show they the suck about, aside from the software being terrible well but but that's their mentality right it's like okay well now we're doing things like this and everybody's gonna shut up and do it our way it's the same mentality so eh, whatever I, I i don't i don't care much for for base camp so I, I i won't go to work for them i don't use their product I won't <laughs> yeah i don't use their products so yeah is this is cancel it, culture it, 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 at its finest you're just canceling base camp for no reason i don't get it well that's it's kind of the opposite of cancel culture because they basically said <laughs> like we won't allow culture in our company whatsoever yeah they canceled culture yeah. They, they don't it's allow there, it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Know I, I haven't read the article. I don't know what extent it goes to. I mean, it's it's you know, I don't know. I mean, it, were they extremely progressive and now they're pulling back and now it looks like they've they've changed course? I don't know. I don't uh, well, care. They were extremely progressive, except that it turns out that the people at the very top were extremely not progressive, and when they got called out on it, decided to uh, disband the people who noticed. Oh, yeah. so. So it was kind of a do as we do, do as we say, not as we do issue. Anyways. They've been in business 21 years. Wow. 
No, you haven't seen and, their, uh, their sites? It still looks like it's from 21 like years the, ago. I, I know I ask this all, all the time, but isn't DHH tied to Basecamp or something? The, the DHH being the creator of Ruby on Rails? Uh, I think that was a long time ago. Oh, okay. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Yeah, I, I, I remember, like, if you were into Ruby on Rails... Basecamp was everybody what everybody talked about because somehow DHH, DHH is was associated is associated to it and and they were a big Ruby on Rails shop and yeah I don't know I, I don't know all the specifics oh don't no care. yeah don't use it pro- currently CTO of Basecamp DHH is yeah 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 I knew it was something like that like he has a big stake in it or ha- has a big stake in it yeah. I, I remember that. So well, I think it's part of his. I think. I mean, I think it's a very much uh, Eric John situation. I think it's part of his company that he created, hmm. and he just, you know, decided to take on a more significant role of CTO because nobody would vote for him to be CEO. I don't know. I'm guessing <laughs> he just didn't want to be sued. We had, we had, we had three 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 founders of Diego Dev, and I I won the fourth seat to be CEO. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Somehow they created another seat beyond three, and I I came in second on that. To be to be quite honest with you, so there was a chair in the restaurant with us that won before I did. It, it was hurtful. That sounds bad. Okay, right. that's it. We're Sarah Goldman it voted for the chair. <laughs> I knew I could make you smile before this episode ended. No, I'm mm. crying on the inside. Okay, the chair's a Patreon it. now, though. Episode <laughs> two, three, four, two hundred and thirty-four is in the books. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Kimberly. One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do, listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish, I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric, yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate, I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song, yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong, yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot, I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me, shout out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.